VOC Breakfast, weekdays 6.30 to 9am, only on The Voice of the Cape. 16 minutes after 7 is where we're at this morning. If you've just joined us, welcome into it. Good to have you in our company. Of course, we've been talking a lot over the past few weeks with regards to ivermectin, the use thereof. And then we saw Sapra, you know, coming through a, just over a week ago, um, speaking about, yes, um, medical practitioners would be able to use um, ivermectin in the treatment of COVID-19. However, that would be... Um, subsequent to the Section 21 application. So, of course, medical practitioners, like we've said, ivermectin, good to go on an urgent basis um, without waiting for the outcome of an application for the use of the drug in a patient. Now, this was made in order of the Gauteng High Court yesterday, following or on Tuesday, following an agreement between SAPRA AfriForum as well as others. Now, AfriForum, I think it was a medical doctor as well and two of his patients, they launched an urgent bid to be allowed to use ivermectin for COVID-19 without having to go through the long drawn application processes. But joining us online to furnish us with all the details this morning is a medical expert and that is Dr. Wickers Ninaba. Good morning, Doc, and thank you so much for your time. Good morning and thank you for asking me to talk to you. Only a pleasure. Now, of course, just over a week ago when SAPRA had come through with their statement and, of course, addressing the media and concerned South Africans, they had mentioned that, okay, we would give the green light to ivermectin for the treatment of COVID-19. However, that was controlled, compassionate use. And at that time, I recall some of the doctors that we had spoken to saying there's a lot of admin with regards to this process, perhaps taking it from there for us. Good. Section 21 applications have been around for a long time. And in the past, it was used extensively when medical substances wasn't available in the country. And the drug has got a good track record and you could use it for your patients. You would prescribe it. Um, Then you would ask for a Section 21 and you could import the drug. There is, however, another line, and I think if we have a little bit of time, I would like to discuss that as well, that's taken by the um, Pharmacy Act, Mm -hmm. which does not need a Section 21. But let's continue with the Section 21. Uh, Section 21, I don't know how many of the other doctors have tried to describe it to you, is quite a cumbersome document. It takes a very long time especially if you have to drag information from everywhere to put down. Um, So you would spend at least an hour Mm. on a Section 21. You've got 40 patients in your rooms to see, and now you've Mm. got to spend an hour filling in this form. On top of filling in the form, you've got to supply um, research to back up your claim for the Section 21 which could take you hours and hours at home to research before the time printout so that you could have that ready for your application. And then on top of that, you've got to pay 350 rand. So it could easily cost the patient in doctor's time, in the cost of the application, and for the research over a 1,000 rand every time they have that they have to submit this application. Mm. Doc, perhaps you could clarify, you know, when it comes to the Section 21 application, you know, that would be an application for to, to use of a drug for treatment um, that is that is not re- regulated in the country. Now, is it understood that ivermectin has been okayed for use for certain um, ailments in South Africa? And if so, why would then a Section 21 needed be needed, for instance? Is it for the treatment of COVID-19 then? 
Okay, so there's a lot of laws that you have touched on in one sentence. So congratulations, that was brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Or not. The drug is listed in the act that governs the SAPRA. The act is Act 101 of 1965 as it's updated yearly. Now, in that act... Ivermectin appears as a Schedule 3 drug for human use. So when Sabra originally said that the drug is illegal, we had to point out to them that the drug actually appears in the very act which constitutes the act that makes them function. Then they said, oh, 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 okay, they acknowledged that it was uh, scheduled, but then they said it was not registered. And then we had to point out to them that MSD, the big international pharmaceutical company, um, applied for registration in 1987 for a drug called Mectizan, and that in, nine, uh, in 1988, as far as we can find out, the drug was actually registered in South Africa for human use. The problem being that Sapra's own record system is destroyed, So they cannot confirm or deny that. And MSD, the big company, is up to this point in time unable to dig up the original registration documentation. So there's a gray area. We don't know. But according to the documentation that we have, it is listed and it was registered. So, But it was for um, parasitic infections, not for COVID, obviously not. So when we wanted to start using ivermectin, and I must tell you the history of ivermectin is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Coronavirus, 2003, was called SARS. That's another form of coronavirus. Yes. They tested ivermectin against the SARS virus, and it was extremely effective. Wow. But the coronavirus epidemic of the time, which was called the SARS epidemic, it did not go very far because it was contained quickly and therefore there was no large scale test done with the ivermectin at the time. Then, Doc, just um, just to just to you know further ask on that point, you mentioned SARS and and the clinical trials at that particular point. So there were clinical trials that were run at that time. No, that was just okay. tests. That that was just okay. in vitro tests. Ach, uh, yeah, in vitro tests. Okay, so come the the SARS epidemic, uh, the, the COVID epidemic that mm-hmm. we have now, some of the Australian researchers that was um, involved way back in 2003, they remembered this thing. Um, they remembered that and they went back to the laboratory and they tested the new coronavirus mm-hmm. against ivermectin. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it worked fantastic. Wow, the only okay. problem is that they used a pretty high concentration. And I believe they would have had exactly the same results if they used a much lower concentration. But in any case, so in the test tube, um, ivermectin is brilliantly effective. It, within 48 hours, every single virus is not viable anymore. It's dead. Okay. So that research, unfortunately, done with a high dose, so uh, SAPRA and will not acknowledge that research. Hmm. But you are, your, your question was around about Section 21. So um, we've been fighting because we've had over 140 research um, trials done. 
many, many, many of them, very high-quality, double-blind, peer-reviewed, randomized, you know, the, the, the fancy stuff that the, that the statisticians like. Mm-hmm. That's done. And those trials have been through three different meta-analysis um, studies, and all three studies say exactly the same thing. If you use ivermectin to treat patients with COVID, you'll save 75% more lives than you would if you didn't use ivermectin. So it, out of every 100 people dying in South Africa at the moment, the met, all three of the meta-analysis studies says we would have been able to save 75 of them. Mm-hmm. Now, that is remarkable. It's really a potent antivirus medication. But because Salpra, up till this point in time, yesterday in the parliament, again said that the research is not strong enough, they still refuse to let the people have the drug freely. And maybe I must tell your listeners, one of the studies that Salpra rejects, they don't want to listen to it. They say it's observational. But this thing is, for me, that was the turning point for me. Professor Carvalho, he works in uh, Buenos Aires in Argentina. Yes. He's the head of a department with 1,200 frontline medical workers, mostly doctors and a few nurses. They started getting COVID. A lot of them died. He was desperate. His workers, his doctors are dying. So he offered them um, ivermectin. And out of the 1,200 of them, 788 accepted using as prophylaxis to prevent the disease. 12 milligrams each every two, two weeks. 788 of these doctors and nurses accepted the prophylaxis. 400 said, okay, we'll wait and see. After 10 weeks, in other words, the 788 has taken five doses. After 10 weeks, 200 of the frontline health workers got sick with mm-hmm. COVID. No. But guess, but guess how many from the 788? <laughs> None, wow. not one. Now, if you have got any brains in your body, mm. if you say to somebody, if you take the pills, not one of nearly 800 doctors got sick, but out of the 400 that didn't take it, 200 got sick. How can you, with a good conscience, reject evidence like that? And this is what Salpra has been doing. They refuse to take evidence that is so strong that it would convince a child of five years. And still they refuse to accept that as evidence. Doc, what what do you think is the reason behind, you know, the rejection of this evidence? You know, could it be monetary? I mean, you know, we've had people talking about the vaccine versus um, ivermectin, you know, perhaps no profiting being made off ivermectin, that sort of thing? Well, ivermectin is cheap to start off with. Yeah. it's not cheap at the moment here in South Africa mm-hmm. because anyone that can put his hands on it to save his family is prepared to pay any money, and there are people that's taking benefit out of that. So, But inherently, ivermectin is very cheap, so nobody's going to make money out of it. And the second thing is, you can guess for yourself, who controls every single vaccine that's coming into this country? Um, no private company is allowed to do that, so there's only government, and who's controlling that, who's so I can only guess, but whenever something is done that is contrary to common sense, um, you have got to follow either the power or the money. So I'll leave it at that. I don't want to throw stones because I've got no proof. But even any one of your listeners can think for themselves what is the motivation behind stopping this. 
But let's get back to um, AFI Forum's case. Yes. Doc, just before we head to that, you know, in terms of now Sapra putting this out, AfriForum's ca- case as well, um, is it, would it still be encouraged for clinical trials to go ahead? Well, we've got to go back to a very, very simple principle. If you have evidence like we have mm. that a drug can save, save somebody's life, how can you do a clinical trial? How can you dare do a clinical trial? where for one group in the clinical trial you give the drug and for the other group you go, don't give it. Mm. You know it's going to save their life. So now somebody that's not getting the Mm. drug, Mm. he's dying and you are not giving the drug. You are a criminal. You are a murderer. And there is international consensus that once you know that the drug works, you cannot do a trial where the one side of the trial is denied the drug. You are Plain, straightforward, merging those patients. All right. So th- now SAPRA is asking for trials, well knowing that we already have very strong proof that it works, and very well knowing that we cannot do a trial where the people are denied the drug. So they're trying to force us to do something which is murderous. All right. Dr. Wickers Ninaba uh, online with us this morning, medical experts speaking in terms of the court ruling regarding ivermectin. We are going to break away really shortly for our headlines at the bottom of the hour. We will be continuing this conversation with medical expert Dr. Wickers Ninaba when we return. Thank you. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabira Sheikh only on the Voice of the Cape. So 7.32 is where we're at this morning. Prior to the headlines, we were speaking with regards to the court ruling on ivermectin. Online, we do have a medical expert, that is Dr. Wekas Ninaba. Doc, thank you so much for holding the line for us and welcome back. Pleasure. Now, of course, prior to the ad break, we're speaking about the clinical trials. And, of course, you're saying that should any clinical trials now take place, they'll almost be murderous. Um, but we are pressed for time, and I do want to get through some of the, the current questions, you know, that are playing about at this moment in time. Now that this court ruling has taken place and has happened, um, many medical experts and as or, or rather doctors and practitioners are asking, now the access to ivermectin itself, where do we sort of, you know, get that supply from? And, you know, is it going to meet the demand, so to speak? Okay, so ivermectin is, according to SARPRA, illegal in this country. And you've seen on the TV and, and on, in programs that doctors uh, has been um, raided, that hospitals has been raided, that people have been taken into custody if they have ivermectin. In. So I beg of you, if they say that it's now suddenly available, mm. and by the way, that's a lie, because every single uh, Section 21 application that I know of has been denied. That's why a free forum went to court. They had three applications. One of the patients died by the time that yes. they went to court. The other two still not answered. So although there's a public relations effort to make the public happy, um, to say that you can apply for Section 21, it's compassionate, it's all the nice words. Yeah. It's a straightforward lie. Um, I received a, a notification from Salpra yesterday that the uh, computer systems are down. So they cannot handle. So you've got to put in a Section 21, you can treat maybe one or two patients on that in your whole practice. There are millions of people that are threatened by the disease. Mm. So um, no. the products are not available. It's mm-hmm. not available in the country. So what kind of madness is that to say, yes, okay, good, good people, you can now all have this product, but it's illegal and we will arrest you if you have it. 
what what does what sense does that make? The only sense is that we've got to wait for a company called Company A or B mm. to apply to have this product registered so that it can become, and you know what a registration takes, usually between two and five years. Oh, wow. So can you understand the mm. frustration mm. we as doctors have? Mm. The product's not available. If you bring it into the country, you're going to get arrested. You have to wait now for the same people that is lying to you and say that, it's, that you can use it for your patients but they're arresting the people with the drug. You've got to wait for them now to get the registration through so that you can get the drug in your hands. It's such utter madness. Doctor, the, the current ivermectin that is in South Africa, you know, where has that come from? Where has that come from? Okay, that was the other line I wanted to talk to you, but we don't have time. But it's, your, it's a doctor's right to prescribe a drug and ask a compounding pharmacy to make it up for his patient. Oh. And that's exactly what's happening at the moment. The compounding pharmacies who function outside of Law 101 from SAPRA, they are functioning under the Pharmacy Act. They have uh, started making up um, human-use ivermectin tablets and supplying it on a need uh, basis. So you, the doctor writes a script, and the patient can then access that drug via usually the doctor himself from a compounding pharmacy. So we are saving patients' lives outside of the influence sphere of SARPRA to the great frustration of SARPRA. And they threatened all sorts of things when they hear that we are actually bypassing their rules and regulations that they are trying to force on us. But it is a doctor's right, according to the Helsinki Convention of 1965, international uh, consensus that doctors can prescribe. They have got the right. They've trained for it seven years, uh, whereas the SARPRA head at the moment is just a, uh, she's not a medical doctor or a pharmacist, no clinical experience. She doesn't know mm-hmm. how it feels to have your patients die in front of you. She just plays the statistical game why the people are dying. And we are fighting as hard as we can to get the medicines to the patients. Sure. Doc, you know, I regret this time is not enough. And we are having a pretty enlightening conversation this morning, speaking about the usage now of ivermectin in South Africa. But of course, you know, just as a final point, we have about 30 seconds to go. What constitutes urgent treatment of a COVID-19 patient in this instance where um, ivermectin needs to be used? We've got a veterinary scientist to say that it's not urgent if you have just got sick which is bullshit. This, this disease kills people. So if you get the disease, you've got a cha- very good chance that you can die. Mm. And therefore, if you get sick, I think the consensus from medical people, not vets, the medical people say if you get sick, it is urgent because you have a chance to die. So if somebody tells you it's not urgent if you've got COVID, unfortunately, just ask if he's treating horses or people. All right. Dr. Wickers Nenaba, thank you so much for joining us on air this morning. Of course, it's been a very interesting conversation um, that we've been having this morning. The court ruling coming through on Tuesday from the Gauteng High Court regarding the usage of ivermectin. Now, um, concurrently, together with the Article 21 application, um, doctors will now be able to treat those patients that need urgent treatment with ivermectin. Um, so, of course, um, interestingly enough, VOC journalist Anika Duplessis, she compiled a report as well that speaks to the use for and against the dubbed wonder drug, also known as ivermectin, like we've been speaking about. So take a listen to this.
As South Africa closed its way out of a second wave of COVID-19, many previously diagnosed COVID-19 patients have attributed their recovery to a medication used to treat many types of parasite infestations. Ivermectin. 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 Couple Tariq and Rihanna were swayed to use ivermectin after Tariq's oxygen levels dropped. What prompted the use of ivermectin for me was um, two weeks ago, my oxygen level was dropping. Uh, my stats dropped to about 68%. I was on oxygen at the time. I was on oxygen at the time um, because my stats were below 90. But um, the doctor went through, wanted me to go to and I was not prepared because there's been too many scary stories and I just decided to go plunge and get ivermectin. Tariq has suggested that the drug is better administered before rather than later during the course of COVID infection. Experience taking it, it makes you drowsy, tired, very, very tired, doesn't taste very nice. <laughs> it did help though because I took it the Thursday. I was uh, still on oxygen the, the rest of the Thursday and part of the Friday and then I came off oxygen, instead of oxygen the Friday and the Saturday and I've been off oxygen ever since with my set staying above 95 which is where it needs to be. Um, I did I ever have to take a four day dose so I, I took it, I took eight, two more doses because of weight, 12 hourly which is two days longer than people's or doctors normally prescribe, but I was prescribed by a doctor for me, given the severity of my of my chest. And also, if the lungs were too badly affected, I think my pneumonia was just about starting when I took it, so it could help, hence my chest still being very tight at times and me running short of breath quite often. But if taken early enough, then it actually works much better. General practitioner from Durban, Dr. Nasiba Kathrada, echoes that sentiment. No time have we ever said that ivermectin is the wonder drug. That has been on the website, for on the FLCCC website. We are not advocating it as a wonder drug. We are saying that it can be used in addition to all the other things that we are using for COVID-19, because the only certain thing about this pandemic is its uncertainty. And every patient that comes in, when it comes to any disease situation, a doctor has to look at the patient and decides what's best for that patient. We do know Studies from all around the world are showing efficacy with ivermectin is better for prophylaxis and it is better earlier on in the, in, a disease, in the disease, although it can be used throughout the disease. When the vaccines do arrive, vaccines are not treatment for COVID-19. Vaccines are prophylaxis. Ivermectin can be used for both. So we're not asking for it to replace a vaccine. We're saying let's use it together. Cathrada says doctors should be afforded the opportunity to test the efficacy on patients. Regarding ivermectin, my stance and the group that I represent, uh, which is the group of doctors and healthcare workers, I can make a difference. We believe that ivermectin is a safe drug. And because it's a safe drug and has been used for over 40 years in humans, right now we need to err on the side of caution, which means that if this drug doesn't work, it's a cheap drug and we tried. But if the drug does work and we find out in a month or two that the studies are showing such great efficacy, then how many lives have lost, been lost between now and then? So what we're saying is give us a chance to use it. We're gonna use it with the knowledge of the patient as an entirety, with their comorbidities, 
and we will give it to the people that we see fit to use it. We're not going to give it willy-nilly to everybody. But when the doctors get control back, then the black market doesn't flourish as it is doing now. However, CEO of the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority, Boy Tumelo Semete Makokotlela, says not enough trials have been completed to determine the full effect of ivermectin on COVID-19. So, um, this is a drug that um, in South Africa is registered for veterinary use under an act that is within the Department of Agriculture. For human use, SAPRA has in the past authorized it for specific cases, for specific patients where we, you know, the the, the past authorized it for specific cases, for specific patients where we, you know, the the, the medical practitioners would be treating, um, you know, head lice, scabies, etc. So as we speak, this is not a drug that has been registered for human use in South Africa. Also for COVID specifically, it has not been sufficiently proven using data that is empirical and unequivocal that this is a drug that is safe and effective for the treatment of COVID. There are currently a number of clinical trials um, taking place and we're expecting the data from those clinical trials to come through quite quickly and we will review it. But as we speak, there is not sufficient data that gives us the confidence that this is a safe and effective drug. So we really encourage in the public not to go that route. Because again, it's not clear what doses. I mean, you know, even with all the trials that have been conducted to date, and that's why we say there's lack of sufficient evidence, you know, the patients wouldn't know what dose to take. Some of these doses would be too low, therefore generating, you know, resistance or other side effects, or they could be too high leading to really adverse side effects. So we would caution the, the you know, the, the, the public and say, do not utilize this drug. Um, we expect more data, we will review. And when it's authorized, we will be clear as Zapra to say, here are the warnings around this product. These are the expected side effects. These are the contraindications. Do not use it with such a drug. Um, such medication because those are really the important things that the public needs. They would be putting their lives at risk. Rihanna says she would advise any and everyone to take the drug. We really think that it helped us. It, it did help my husband a lot. He didn't need to be hospitalized. He just used the ivermectin along with his vitamins and um, he was on an oxygen concentrator. However, his oxygen levels increased a lot. We didn't really have any side effects other than feeling a bit drowsy and sleepy, but we don't know if that was the ivermectin side effects or being positive. I would definitely encourage many to use ivermectin if they can, because like I said, it really helped my husband. We don't think my husband would have made it if it wasn't for ivermectin. Following the announcement last week by Sapra to allow ivermectin to be used in a controlled and compassionate form, Dr. Kathrada says they welcome the call but have issue with all the required admin. Ivermectin is a safe drug. Uh, administering outside a controlled and compassionate use like Sapra has indicated uh, is not what we're advocating. We are asking for it to be legalized so that the doctors can use it. Whenever we administer a drug of label, we always take consent from a patient. And we are also going to be keeping records if there are any interactions, drug interactions, any problems that the patients face, and that's what we are asking for. We are not asking for it to be used uh, without the control 
uh, that SAPRA is asking for. But what we are asking for is not to have to fill in an eight-page document and wait for consent every single time we want to use it for our patients. For VOC News, I am Anika Duplessis. VOC Breakfast.